This is a podcast about two sisters raised in an effed up family. My name is Christine. I am Jesse's older sister. I was raised by a gaslighting, manipulative mother who raised me to believe people either rejected you or weren't rejecting you. My father was a crazy, racist, vulgar alcoholic who was in and out of my life. And my name is Jesse. I'm Christine's little sister. I was raised solely by the crazy, racist father who raised me to believe I had to earn or buy someone's love. Hello to all of our Family Burritos listeners out there whose father was entertained by provoking people by statements and telling raunchy jokes such as, I'd rather be dead than red on the head like the dick of a dog and ass of a hog. Welcome back to the Family Burrito Podcast, episode 29. My name is Christine. My sister Jessie and I created this podcast as a way to heal our dick of a dog and ass of a hog childhood father Ranji joke wounds. Jessie, Jessie, Jessie. That reminded me of when he would answer the phone. He'd be like, you stab him. I slab him. Oh, God. Or, you know, when you be driving by a cemetery, you would say, you know, people are just dying to get in. <laughs> or the um, wreck the junkyard is the woman's parking lot. Yeah, that was a real good one. I love when you told that joke. That's um, yeah. That's, oh yeah, I've already said that one. Okay. Yeah, I, that's yeah. Remind that's me, old father wounds <laughs> we've healed, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of those are just hilarious, and they'll live for live with me forever. I know, and I'm like, where did he learn these jokes from? Was it the army? Was it his friends? Like, where did he learn all of these darn jokes from? He had so many. I feel like sometimes he just came up with them. Oh, you know what? That's probably true. I wonder, do you think we should Google dig if a dog and ass of a hog? Yeah. Let's see if that's a thing. You want me to do it? <laughs> yeah. See, um, maybe right after um, ass of a hog, write the word joke. So, it, you know, who knows what comes up? Let's see. That'd be very interesting um, where that joke come from. But it's like so interesting. It's like I'd rather be dead than red on the head because this uh, actually today, uh my man's um, daughter, she is, uh, her boyfriend is a redhead. And we <laughs> spent like an hour. He lives in Florida and they FaceTime a lot. And um, so we were talking about redheads and how they were like pain tolerance is different and they're kind of different gifts. And, um, you know, how they, uh, you know, don't tan and things like that. And the they have a mutation on one of their genes. That's why they have red hair. And also something interesting about redheads is they have less hair, but their hair is thicker because each strand is thicker than regular normal colors. That's so funny. So it's an old Texas saying. Really? Yeah. Who, who, who? It doesn't say who created it. It just said like more colorful Texas sayings. That you can st- uh, shake a stick at. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, my God. Oh, speaking of staking, uh, shaking a stick. Remember when he had that dog? What was his dog name? Oh, Jack. 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 Yeah, it was Jack Russell Terrier. And he terrorized that dog, man. He would walk around with a broom and say, I'm a blind man. I'm a blind man. As he's like swatting at the dog. Yeah. yeah I mean, like that dog had no luck with that man. That poor dog. Yeah. Were you living with him when he got that dog? I was, yeah. Why did he get a dog? Do you remember? Um, one of his customers were like from pest control mm-hmm. were selling dogs. 
mm-hmm. uh, Jack Russell Terriers, you know, and he was just like, in love with them and wanted one. But the thing is, dad's so old school when it comes to pets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think now we're like, coddle our pets like they're children. He's mm-hmm. like, they can stay outside in negative temperatures. They're dogs. I'm like, oh my God, they cannot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember when um that Jack Russell Terrier was so mean. I remember um number one doggy sitting for him the first and only last time I ever would. Um, he was going gambling in Louisiana. And that dog, like, I mean, I had no idea what I was signing up for because um, this is when, like, around the time when he first got him. And um, the dog, like, tore apart my grill, knocked over my plants, broke pots, and he was dragging pieces of the grill in the backyard. Dude, for Jack, like, I mean, Jack Russell Terriers are crazy. They are nuts. Like, you would have me and my friends cornered, growling at us, and, mm. like, just we're cornered by a little tiny dog that was an ankle biter but could really tear you up and tear you a new one yeah and then another thing he told me one time was I guess there was something wrong with one of his nails the dog's nails and so he had something the dog had to get it removed and he the vet asked this was his word the vet asked him you know do you want to use anesthesia and he was like no hell no and he told me the vet said, you know, you need to not be around when we do this because he will never like look at you the same because he will be like, it's your fault. Cause it'd be in so much pain, you know? Yeah. Oh, he already blamed dad for everything. He was a sweet, he was a sweet puppy. And then something clicked in his head one day and he just turned vicious. Yeah. Kind of like our father, right? Yeah. <laughs> Irony loves fate. Yeah. I love that. Irony loves fate. And I remember, uh, when he had that other house before that dog, uh, he, I don't remember, it was in Fort Worth somewhere, but he had a house on Wendover and he, um, I guess he had a dog. I, I think I met the dog maybe once. I don't really quite remember, but I remember going over there and I was like, where'd that dog go? You know, cause it was gone. I don't, it probably was in the backyard in the heat. I don't know, but he was it him or someone else maybe it was you i don't remember someone telling me that oh that dog is buried in the backyard i was like what (laughs) why is the dog what happened you know oh so well jack actually got taken away by animal control Mm. yeah but uh there was another dog that i had that dad ended up with it was like right after flojo died Mm mm-hmm uh, grandma waited a little bit to get me a different dog mm-hmm. and then J- dad ended up running her uh her over and <gasps> what broke her, and broke her jaw what yeah. yeah i named her what did i name her lucky <laughs> jackie i think oh weird <laughs> right because <laughs> i have a friend named jackie mm-hmm. but um i've always liked the name jack too so that's mm-hmm. I, I named jack <clears throat> oh so anyway, he named he ended up renaming her Precious, but he left her outside all the time, and she ended up getting pregnant too young. Mm. And he didn't get her a doggy abortion or anything, mm-hmm. so she she just ended up dying. But instead of burying her, he just let her rot in the backyard. What? Yeah, I was on that wedge in Wedgewood. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. How old were you when all that happened? Um, it was before Colorado, so. Like seven. Were you living with him at the time? I lived with Grandma Lou. 
I just remember visiting him and he was like, yeah, she died. She got pregnant. And then he was like, she's back there. Like, she's not buried. And he could, like, see her corpse rotting. That's that's so crazy. I mean. But also, like, that's why I'm saying dad was so old school when it came to animals. Like, I would never, ever be able to do that. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's interesting you say that because. I was um, actually probably about 30 minutes ago. I was looking up your human design stuff, Jesse. I just, you know, I'm so obsessed with human design. I'm actually going to be doing a podcast this week coming up with um, human design coach uh, Mar- Marielle again, um, because I just, I want to know about like our incarnation crosses, which is basically tells us our karmic purpose of why we're here. And I'm going to ask her about yours, if that's okay with you. But- oh, yeah. I was um, looking up your, you know, because we have these like nine centers in our body and um, root center, and you have a lot of stuff lit up in your root center, which that's our pressure center. And so I was looking up some of your gates and that, and one of your gates is you have a deep connection to animals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why we love each other. Like, we make eye contact, like every animal, like we Mm -hmm. make eye contact and we're like immediately in love. Well, I mean, not like a big bear or anything. That would yeah. be great if I was like to Dr. Doolittle, those motherfuckers, though. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but what about cats? Let me ask you, do you have like, is it same with cats? Yeah. I mean, most, yeah. Like I've never really met a cat that didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And when I visited friends that have like really angry cats, they're always really shocked that their cats want to like cuddle with me. Yeah. Yeah, They're just like what the they usually hit everybody. I'm like, yeah, animals love me. I think it's because I'm also kind of a kid at heart, and animals like kids. Oh my god, Jesse, and that's one of your gates in your root center as well. Is it's like the, they call it the gate of joy, and part of that is is like you're being, you know, doing your childhood stuff as an adult. You know, being um, not immature. That's not the word, but just seeking joy through through being playful is is yeah. how, how they describe it. So that's yeah, really cool. yeah. And we like when we got robbed of our childhood so early on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like, like as an adult, like we should just enjoy it, you know? Like right now we have the money to actually go play. <laughs> right, <laughs> but but you know now we're tired. <laughs> now <laughs> we're just tired. Yeah, yeah, now we're tired. But yeah, play like they say that's one way to like heal your childhood wounds is through play and through um you know doing play outside. Um, or connecting with your children. So yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely, you know, now that it's warm, warming up and all that, like swimming. And um, yesterday I had um, my man and his daughter here and then my friend Daniel and he brought his dog. And um, so my man and his daughter, they have a dog named Cooper and he is, I swear he's got to be part Jack Russell. He's like a mutt, you know, yeah. Um, his name is Cooper and my God, he's not fixed yet. Cause he just hit six months. I didn't know you had to wait like six months to get a boy dog fixed. Or, I mean, I don't know about dogs. I just know like when I got my cat Taco, who's a boy, he was three months and he was already fixed, but I didn't know you had to wait like for the boy dog part, um, for them to be six months, but my God. So he's now hit six months, but dude, like his daughter was holding him yesterday. Um, I mean, it was a full on dick, like in balls out. out. I have never, I mean, he could have gone and got a a piercing, you know, Prince Albert. I was like, wow. And he's just, I'm like, no wonder he's crying and whining all the time. It looks like it hurts. 
Oh yeah. Well, I think it's like I could. I'm really ignorant about it too, but I think that it's basically their puberty. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Their balls are dropping and stuff because dogs, like, if you look at their puppy, like little puppies, like they don't have balls. Mm-hmm. These have no wheelies. <laughs> well, he had balls. I mean, I and, have... then, and well, obviously now he has balls because he's like going through, like he's like dropped them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that they drop like guys like from. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. Um, I've never seen anything like that. Um, in my life. Um, I took a picture of it. I'll just send it to you because it was um so shocking. And and then he left a little stain on his daughter's pants. So. Um, it was, I didn't know, um, how to feel about all that. I'm still kind of processing Jesse. I'm a little, um, disturbed. I mean, you're the one that took a picture. So. I know. I know. Because I'm like, this is, can't be real. What am I seeing? But it was just crazy. So we had to put him outside cause he was just, and you know, and, and what he was so turned on about was the Mexican girl, Juanita, who, who Daniel, my friend Daniel describes her as irresistible. <laughs> <laughs> You know, most Latin women are. Yeah, especially if they're from Tijuana. They got no world <laughs> no boundaries. They'll try anything once or twice. <laughs> Maybe three times. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, man. Just don't piss them off. She'll stab you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And um, she, um, yesterday, man, she caused quite a stir in this neighborhood because so I um, had my man watch, you know, his Cooper and Juanita outside while I was doing something. And then he came back inside and he's still on the couch. Oh, I was like cleaning the kitchen or something. And he's like, you need help with anything? And I said, no, I'm good. And then I was like, where's Zoe? And he was like, oh, she's outside. And I was like, really? And he went outside. Nope. She was gone. She was gone. And then we, I had to take Sophia to art school and I was with, um, my man's daughter. We drove Sophia to art school and then we're like, man, oh, oh, and before we left, Zoe came back and went and, t- and took little Cooper with her. So they both ran off. <laughs> yeah. She is such a bitch. I mean, and she, uh, and so then, um, I was like, oh my God. Oh no. So before that I got her back in, back in the yard and I was trying to get her back in the house and she pretend she manipulated me, Jesse. She pretended to come back in and then she took off and literally jumped the fence right in front of my face. And then she Ew. came back and got little Cooper and they ran off. So then I took um, Sophia to art school and then we were coming back and I was like, let's play the, Zoe's favorite Mexican party song. And it's like this cumbia song and it's really funny. And literally, as we roll around the neighborhood planning, here comes um, here comes Zoe and Cooper running towards us. So we got them back in the yard. <sighs> it was exhausting. But anyway, so then later on the day, my friend Daniel came and brought his big old German Shepherd Cooper. And it happens again. I said, Daniel, can you watch the dogs? I got to go get my bathing suit on. And then guess what? Just dang it. Just yeah, think. yeah, like, yeah. Decide makes a drink or something. And... Yeah, yeah. So, so it was um just, and then of course I'm getting. Did she bring I, all the dogs with her this time? No, but you know it was just crazy because then I get a text message from my ex husband who, I guess, is still on our homeowners association number contact information. He had gotten a text from a neighbor saying that that Zoe was like you know, chasing kids and showing her teeth and her fur up and all this stuff. And I mean, 
She was probably chasing them. She's probably barking at them. I've never seen her show her teeth or her furby up. Who knows? But I just, well, also, what were the kids doing to Zoe? They were just riding their bikes. And actually, we saw the whole thing because we were standing oh. in the driveway waiting for her to come back. And she was just barking at them. Oh. But, but, um, but you know, I don't want people to be scared, especially kids, you know. So it was just it was super stressful. So she's got her shot collar back on. Um, she's just going to have to start. She's going to have to have that on the rest of her life indefinitely. And um, what am I going to do? I don't know. I have, I mean, some dogs, like you just imagine what's going through their head, especially when they're just like used to living on the streets or whatever. Yeah. The streets of Mexico. Yeah. Like they're probably like, oh, I like being fed. I like having a nice bed, but I also miss being outside. Yeah. Yeah. She, and she's, the other thing is she's so highly intelligent. I mean, it's, it's astonishing. So yeah, I can tell. I mean, she was like, I need a partner. Hey, come back, dude. Let's go. Let's yeah. Go I mean, she had, she had two boyfriends in the yard, Jesse. It wasn't good enough. She was bored. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, she probably, yeah, she probably had a wild life in Mexico. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what like, I say. This Texas shit is okay. But... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so her domestic name is Zoe and her night name is Juanita. <laughs> <laughs> don't turn on your red light yeah exactly exactly so <laughs> yeah don't get copyrighted for that though i don't know if you... <laughs> oh god um <laughs> good enough to hit every note <laughs> yeah i don't know girl um but yeah so and then we um we went to costco yesterday and you know you know i'm in a new relationship happy all that good stuff and you know costco is one of those places where it it'll tell you whether a relationship's gonna make it or not right Oh, yeah. Especially depending on how much motherfucker wants to spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was there with my daughter, and then I was there with my man and his daughter. And, you know, we were looking at stuff. Next thing I know, Jesse, they're gone. It's just me and Sophia standing there. I don't know where they went. He completely abandoned me in Costco. He knows I have abandonment <laughs> issues. And he did the thing that he said he never would do, which was leave me in Costco. Um, no, but it was just funny. I just, I told him, I said, oh, this is good podcast material. You know, he's like, don't, <laughs> <You know? laughs> just don't, but yeah, I just, I love Costco. I heart Costco. Yeah. I also went yesterday. Really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I went to go see Sonic the Hedgehog movie mm-hmm. twice. Mm. That's that good. Really? Yeah. Is it, recommend it. is it cartoon or is it real people? Yeah, it's like a live action. Mm. Jim Carrey is the villain. Oh, cool. So um, this is the second one that's in theaters, but there's another one that's like already out. That mm-hmm. you stream. And it is awesome. I yeah. love Jim Carrey, but I think he's retiring. Is he? I believe so. That's what I, I think that's what I, re- I read. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely going to be a third Sonic, but I don't think he's going to be in it because, yeah. There's just some talk, but you know, you know how Hollywood is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they retire like twenty times before they actually like just die. Well, and is it like, is it, um, you know, they just trying to promote, you know, whatever? I don't, I don't really know. Who knows? But uh, we watch. I, you know, I don't hardly ever watch anything. But um, now that I have a new family, I was like, let's watch a movie. So we watched that movie, The Joker, with Joaquin Phoenix. It's really good. Oh, yeah. He's such a good actor. He is. He's so cool. He's so weirdly cool, you know? 
Oh yeah, I um, he has a brother. I can't remember his brother's name, River. but he's also an actor. Yeah, well, he had you know he they had a brother, River Phoenix. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh yeah, he died. Right? Yes, he died of an overdose of, I believe, heroin. I was super in love with River Phoenix. I mean, I would watch all those movies and um, man, and Corey Haim and. Uh, what's the other guy's name? I can't remember. Dark hair. Oh, God, what is his name? I can't remember his name. But they were all that generation where they made all those like Christian Slater and all that. Yeah, and- I remember he like died outside of a nightclub in L.A. or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. That's what the brother I was talking about because he was in another. He was in one of those movies that I loved. I can't remember the name of it though. Yeah, and I feel like um, he. Johnny Depp was with him. I don't know why. I feel like that's what also happened. Johnny Depp was with River Phoenix. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're correct about that. Right. And poor Johnny Depp. Have you watched any of the trials? No, I don't even know what's going on. And tell me what's happening. What? What's so happening? I honestly, okay. So I very, I'm pretty ignorant about it too. Um, I honestly didn't want to watch it because I felt so bad for Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can just see on his face how fucking miserable he is. Mm. Like he. He's not the Johnny Depp that we all like grew up to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And basically, this Amber Heard lady is accusing him of being abusive and all these other things, right? Like physically abusive, mentally abusive, whatever. Well, his lawyers are really good at their job. Mm-hmm. And they, they like make sure to catch her up in her lies. Mm. And basically, she made it where she looked like the victim, but she was actually the one that was being abusive to Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And it's all coming out to like out because she's such a bad liar. First, really, of all. give me an example. You have an example. So she tries to walk back on her um, her what she said. So during last year's testimony, you told the lawyers that he hit you with rings on. Mm-hmm. And then, and now today you're saying he may not have had rings on. And she was like, well, which testimony? Mm-hmm. Last year's testimony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're just, she's just trying to say, like, get some time so she can, like, backtrack and, like, right. redo her lie. Well, mm-hmm. what I really meant or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she thinks that she's good at it, but she's not. Like, nobody's good at being a freaking liar, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, body language is everything. Right. But Johnny Depp won't even look at her. Mm. And it's just so heartbreaking because you can hear recordings of him, like, pleading for her to, like, stop being so abusive. Mm. And he was, in one recording, he was like, you'll never see my eyes again. And you could just see how, like, of you could hear how much of a romantic he is. Mm. Just in the those words, like you'll never see my eyes again. Like it gives me chills. How long were they were married, right? Yeah. How long were they married for? Yeah, for a long time because it, this like started all the drama heart started in like 2014. Mm. I believe. Like that's when mm-hmm. like the first part of her saying she was hit or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. That's it's, just, it's crazy, girl. That's so crazy. So um so because this is kind of just a little bit that I know of is that he lost a lot of like movie deals based equally, you know, money because of the stuff that she said. And so this is his way of, um, you know, showing that, you know, all the stuff that she said was not true, you know, so 
because um, he, he's suing her, right? That's what he's Yeah, doing. yeah, he's suing her for defamation because he's she's like basically trying to me to him or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. with, minus the rape. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, oh, dude, I'm, he's like, I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. And you can even, like, we all know he's not that guy. We grew up watching, like, it's not even like, oh, Bill Cosby, we were all surprised, you know, like, we all kind of knew Bill Cosby was a creep. Mm-hmm. Like, Johnny Depp is, like, he's not. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not that guy. So I just, like, she's trying to make somebody that's one of the, like, super innocent in the public and see it. She's trying to make him look like a bad guy when she's clearly the, mm-hmm. the psycho. Yeah, that's just so, that's so sad. Um, and it just goes to say that, you know, not everything people just say, no matter if they're an actor or public figure or whatever, definitely is not true, right? Um, and then just anyone in general, like, they just can't, I mean, they can't, people can say whatever, and it's just, it's just not always true. Um, that's just, um, poor guy. I feel sorry for him. Me too. Yeah, Michael started watching the case because he was like, he was just wanting to see if he like was innocent or not. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he he was like, "Man, this is kind of messed up." If it's true, mm-hmm. and then he's the one that started making me watch the case. He was like, "I know you don't really want to watch this, but mm-hmm. you're gonna watch it because you need to see how people lie." Mm-hmm. Right. And because uh, yeah, just watch the body language. That's like it's like I did not have sex with that woman type of crap. Right, right. I know. I read this book. It was this um, chick who is a former CIA agent, and the book is called "Lie to Me." I read that like years ago. But you know, talking about you know how you can tell when people lie. Like for instance, um, someone who's touching their nose. Like if they're telling a story, you know, and some people. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be like this outright lie. It could be something like they're embellishing something or they're leaving something out, you know? So now like mm-hmm. when someone tells a story, if they touch their nose, I go, okay, you know, there's, and I don't mean like I go, oh my God, they're a liar. You know, I just, <laughs> yeah, you're like, what are, what are, what's not, what are they not saying? Right, right, right. There's probably something, you know, and then um, if somebody, when you ask them a question, if they swallow before they answer, they're trying to buy more time. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like if somebody like for myself, I've I've noticed I've done this. If I am if I am asking a question or or maybe someone's asking me a question, usually it's me asking a question that makes me maybe uncomfortable. You can my hand will be on my, my stomach because like I'm like I'm I'm like uh nause not nauseated, but it's just like it's uncomfortable it's just a way like when I touch my stomach and I'm like you know asking a question um usually usually in more of like a work setting when I'm talking to maybe a higher up or something but I just noticed something that I that's something that I do if I'm you know or I'm maybe I'm anxious and I'm like rubbing my belly a lot you know what I mean right yeah that makes sense yeah there's people have different you know subtle ways of you know um of expressing without it with the word, without their words, you know, like you said, body language, you know, I'm or when they say yes, but shake their head. No, correct. Correct. Jesse. Yes. That's one of my favorite. Go-tos. Mine too. I'm I... like, bitch, I saw that. <laughs> yep. 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 I know a friend of mine that I work with, uh, she'll, she's done that a few times. I'm like, uh, you just said that that's okay, but you just shook your head. No, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm gonna call you out, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and usually just means like they, 
maybe they're uncomfortable with saying no and setting boundaries, you know, like a lot of us are, and we get scared to set boundaries because we're scared that, it, it, well, and that we're the people that we, because it's usually with the people we love that they're going to leave us or there's going to be some sort of consequence because, you know, in childhood, we were never taught it was safe to set boundaries. You know what I mean? We're never taught, like some people were like slapped in the face or, or screamed at or whatever, you know, or their reality was denied, you know? So, you know, we weren't really ever taught that, you know, it's okay to set boundaries. Um, so, you know, that's probably, that's something that I definitely will be working on for a long time in my life is um, setting boundaries. And one way to know that if I am, if I, like, I guess you could say betrayed myself or should have set a boundary or a boundary was needed for myself is if I'm like frustrated, um, you know, or overwhelmed or something, you know, so yeah that's a good it's always good to have cues for yourself yeah and we you know we we do this thing where and boundaries you know I had to read myself how to set boundaries I talked about this on one of our I think maybe the first episode about setting one with my ex-husband and I like had I looked up like how do you set a boundary because we don't know how to do that like we're never taught that and then if there's a consequence in it so thing of boundaries is just you simply state what you need and it's just a one sentence thing you know it doesn't we want to do this whole over explaining thing but the boundary gets lost when you do the whole over explaining you know it's just you just state it simply I need you know this and that whenever this happens or whatever you know right yeah it's like the I feel statement Mm -hmm. it's a lot simpler more simple simpler that's a word um it's a lot more simple and Usually people can understand that. They're like, unless they're complete jackasses and they're just like, oh, you feel like this? Well, yeah. And then (laughs) people react. They say that react the loudest to a boundary. It shows the boundary was needed in the first place. And when I'm talking to my clients, like this past week, you know, there was one client we were talking, I was talking to about, you know, um, you know, setting boundaries. And I told her, I said, expect that person to not understand just expect the thing that you are scared of expect it and then you won't be as you actually will be surprised at what will be what will happen you'll be surprised because they'll probably react the very opposite way that you're thinking you know right yeah yeah exactly exactly well and then i think if you can just express like hey just imagine me doing this to you Hmm. yeah like, how would you feel? Uh, I have to do that sometimes. And then, you know, it has to also happen to me. Like, how would you feel if I talked to you like this? Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just, it all, because sometimes our words just come out fucked up. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Jesse, one of your gates in your human designs is it's, it's your, I guess they, they call it your non-self theme. It's basically the negative side of it, of the mm-hmm. gate, the shadow side is provoke literally this is what it said provoking this shit out of others <laughs> i love i love pissing people off yeah yeah and me, <laughs> and me i don't like confrontation so you know um you know so it's, it's funny you know it's just it's just funny that um that yeah when i read that earlier i was like that's hilarious i created a little document for you I'm like, <laughs> that oh, is yeah, yeah. It's- it makes a lot of sense though yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually I, went to go look to see if dads had that. He didn't have that. But I thought that was interesting. I don't know why I like to annoy people. Yeah. I just push their buttons. I'm just like, huh, let's see if they'll 
get mad now. And then when they get mad, I'm like, why are you so mad? Yeah. 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 And it kind of talks about that. Like you can get into melancholy. Like if you're, cause the thing that you're like seeking is, uh, I'm trying to see if I can find this little document I made, but the thing you're, I forget what it said, like why you're seeking is like something to do with, you know, communication, you have this gift, but it can, if you feel like you're sort of insecure about sharing it, then it gets into this whole like provoking thing. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot. I do that a lot with politics. Mm, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that's like people's number one trigger. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I have a huge problem doing that in like the most inappropriate places. Mm-hmm. But at least I realized it about myself. Oh, okay. This is what it said. It said, um, it's the non-quality of gate, non-self-quality of gate 39. It says, you tend to provoke the shit out of people, smiley face, or laughing, smiley. You are under immense pressure with gate 39 to provoke and hurt others senselessly out of frustration, bitterness, or anger. You provoke senselessly mentally which only creates chaos and does not lead to the expansion of consciousness, but the rejection by others. And you are driven by immense impatience. Oh my gosh. It's, it's that verbal jujitsu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you, oh gosh, man, that is funny. You said that. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. been doing that my entire life. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it's... The funny thing is though, I have really tried not to do that. Okay. So I, I don't, I can't catch myself when I am doing it like, and I, I like, I can't just be like, Oh, Jesse, that was mean. Like yeah. most of the time people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, this is what it says. It says, okay. So this is gate 39. Okay. And this is in your, your root center, but it says the true purpose of gate 39, your life with gate 39 is accompanied by deep melancholy and moodiness. You are under pressure to create more emotional awareness leading to you, you to conscious expansion. Through provocation, you have a gift to draw out the spirit of the other person and to find out if they resonate with your own spirit. If someone is constantly provoked negatively by our way, our divine 39 gate, if we live correctly, it simply shows the dissonance with the person and is nothing personal. Your design provokes the rigid collective and the dusty community to advance their evolution. You have the potential with Gate 39 to draw out the true core beauty and individual natural brilliance in others. Gate 39 is deaf because it's not meant to be influenced by its individuality. With Gate 39, you flirt to see if friends, intimate partners, business partners have the appropriate spirit. And your provocation serves as an inspiration for more growth, mutation, and an invitation for more emotional, sexual, and intellectual depth. Hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 try to um break all that down for three hours. Um but yeah, so it's really interesting because you have a lot of a lot of like active gates in your your root, you know, center, which is pressure, like that one I was telling you about that gate about the animals, it's called gate nineteen. It's the intimacy gate. And it's like basically um I'm trying to pull it up here. Um it's about well, it has isn't your sense basically you're sensitive to the energy energy of others, and that's where it talks about connection to animals. And because you're so sensitive to the energy of others, 
people, you know, and animals, uh, this can flip into like the shadow side of it is codependence. So because you're so sensitive to what's going on in the room, you know, so that's really, it's really interesting. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, well, I, I'm like, just like me, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. I can give you advice on how to live your life. Yeah. Just, just yeah. do it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really like try to give everybody advice, you know, mm-hmm. I just, the, the only thing I want everybody to, you know, agree on is abolishing the IRS. <laughs> okay. Tell me about that. Well, that's just all I feel like. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of uh, political mumbo jumbo that's out there like, oh, this 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 guy is a bad guy because he voted for this guy or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like when we've all come to the conclusion, well, most people have come to the conclusion that they're all just fucking lying to us. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's there's a problem in our system and you we have triple taxation double taxation quadruple taxation mm-hmm. on that same dollar bill you made mm-hmm. depending on what you do with that dollar bill and it's very frustrating to me yeah and it would be a problem if we didn't have a separate institution that wasn't part of the government <laughs> yeah well Doing all of that. yeah and also too i can't go into too many details but there's someone i know that actually um does audit for the irs Mm-hmm. And it may seem like, you know, they're, it's all conspiracy and all this stuff, but as, asking this person questions, like, of course, that person can't tell me a lot of stuff, but I'm just like, right. curious, like, so what have you found so far? And basically, there's no, um, it's not organized, like people are just, there's no leader, there's no, there's no like sense of uh, let's change this and that. There's the, it's the same old system. It's been for decades and people, you know, just based on this person telling me conversations, like they're just, all they do is just want to, they just talk about retirement. There's no creativity. It's not run like a business. It's just a department that people are getting a paycheck in and there's no nothing. So after hearing that, I'm like, okay, well, if this huge part of our government system is there's just like stale and stagnant, so is everything else, right? Yeah, it's um, like having lifelong politicians that get paid by lobbyists. When we want to blame the president that has maybe four to eight years to like do anything. Yeah. But these lifelong politicians, <clears throat> Nancy Pelosi, you know. Um, mm-hmm. George W like George W. Bush, right? Like mm-hmm. he knew like he got in because of nepotism. Like it was literally a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and everybody went along with it, even though we knew it was a joke, right? Yeah. Myself included. And we we wake up from this reality because we're forced to wake up from this reality after the stock market crashes and we lose tons of money mm-hmm. or just recently you know we had a market crash and we're like who do we blame who do we blame biden this Biden. That. it's not biden like it's it's the fact that we literally let lifelong politicians get paid by lobbyists mm-hmm. and we do nothing to change the system we just sit around and complain about it like i'm doing now yeah <laughs> And but like what but again what are we supposed to do? How do yeah, we change it? Yeah, because yeah. last time we try to change anything, they they are like, 
oh no you're a part like you're a terrorist now if you try to yeah change it, yeah right? and that's so- the thing is like there's no visionaries there's no the people running these apartments or working that there's there's no nobody's inspired i mean it just sounds like just a stagnant system and so it's just, just like with like what you just said politicians getting hired by these lobbyists and just staying forever so it's the same old thinking i mean it would take someone that would like, just for example, you know, um, you know, the CIA, IRS, whatever, FBI, like somebody from that, those departments to run. I mean, I know that people get different positions, but it would to me would take someone like on the outside, like we the people to come in and, and look at these different departments and systems and revolutionize them. Yeah. And not, well, and this is the thing, they, that's what the constitution says, like we should do, right? But yeah. again, why do they put cancerous chemicals in our food? Mm-hmm. Why do they do a lot of things? Uh, why does Flint, Michigan not have clean water yet? <laughs> they still don't have clean water? No, like billionaires are having to pay for it. So, and it's like, okay, so. Not the government. Okay. Billionaires. So, so what do you, how do we get visionaries? and creatives in these systems. How do we get them there, Jesse? You really have to like almost start a revolution. Yeah. And and what I mean by that, like not an old school way, you know, where you have your like mm-hmm. little shotgun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's more or less like having the followers i guess now right like that's what it is like you have to almost have a following and mm-hmm. then have a message that can go out there like mm-hmm. you know basically be a politician mm-hmm. but without it without the being a piece of shit <laughs> yeah yeah and like well i mean i don't you know i know like a president will hire you know this appoint someone to this position that position and it's like are they really, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like nothing's really changing. I don't know. It's just like, we really need people on the streets to get up in there and get creative and figure out how to change the system. It's going to be just regular people, not even voted in. Like somehow we got to figure out how to get these people in these like different departments and, and start a revolution. And I don't, like you said, not like, like a violent one or a war, but like a creative visionary revolution is what we need. Right. And like the baby formula bill that was just denied. Um, uh, and you'll see, you'll see a lot of headlines. Uh, if you're looking at the news at all, just randomly, it'll be like 222 Republicans denied the um, fast track of the formula bill. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the formula bill, it was basically like a tax bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's why, right? But the news doesn't tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> the news just is like 222 Republicans. I'm like, yeah, because the again, the bill is like 500 pages long. So who the right. f- is going to read that? Right. Um, I didn't I didn't read it. I just looked at like the Cliff Notes version and realized that it was just a tax bill. And that's mm-hmm. what other people saw. Because Democrats also denied it too. <laughs> but they're not going to tell you that if you're watching cnn or whatever yeah whatever fits their agenda right here about the democrats yeah so it's like oh gee son you almost have to watch like c-span to get any real news Mm -hmm. but that but who the fuck watches c-span 
Nobody. I don't know. I mean, like if I were president, I would hire just outside people that had no bias to do like full crazy audits, like in-depth audits on all these different departments. And let's talk about the problems and let's come up with some solutions to help this damn country. Yeah. Well, vote, vote for Christine 2024. Yeah. And, and vote for yourself as well. You know what I mean? Well, right. And that's one of the things that we should be looking at is the falsify the false freedom that they lay upon us mm-hmm. right and they're like for example uh, roe versus wade okay that's a big one mm-hmm. um well you know in all 50 states it's illegal for doctors to give a tubal ligation to a female that hasn't had a baby yet and isn't mm-hmm. sick false freedom yeah so, <laughs> it's like but if you're 12 years old and want to change your sex you just have to go through like a bunch of psychotherapy and like you know i'm not saying that they just chop your dick off or whatever Mm -hmm. but you have to go through a bunch of therapy but i'm just saying it's easier for you to get your sex changed than a female to get her tubes tied that has a kid yeah yeah i mean yeah i've heard i've had several friends speak on that frustration like they know they're never gonna have a child and you know it's just it's just so strange but they have to take hormones that will fuck them up but and here's the deal jesse are there any laws about men like getting their uh what do you call vasectomy? it nope. yeah vasectomy. they can get a vasectomy anytime they want because and this is the thing they're like well it's easier for a guy da, 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 da. no and, and who says who bullshit. said right like it's just ridiculous it's just yeah. totally ridiculous um, and if i were to be married uh, my husband would have to sign off on my tubal ligation oh lord have mercy in all 50 states mm. even your like even your most left states mm-hmm. so like think of like that's what i'm always telling people like they're showing you the tip of the iceberg, but they're not showing you the whole damn iceberg. Are you saying, Jesse, that they're showing us just the tip? Just the tip. Yeah. Oh, God. We're just the tip. And there's like this whole bigger dick down there. <laughs> like the dick of a dog and the ass of a hawk. Well, Jesse, <laughs> yeah. that's all I know, girl. To be continued. I love to you. To be continued. I love you. Yeah.